Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one ginger. I'm very excited about today's episode. Because I say that every week. but every I mean, week- you're always inspired. This is actually where you shine. You get to discuss anything you want, whenever you want, however you want. It's uh, your baby. It's probably why you come back. You know, you're it's excited. Why, it's why week I after come week. back, week after week after week. But what I am excited about this episode is that... Alexis is going to be leading a few of our little sections. You know, normally I handle the uh, the first degree OG episodes and Jack was sort of woman of the hour when it came to killing time. But it just so worked out that like today I was inspired by a topic and she was ready to hand the reins right the fuck over, weren't you? Hell yeah. The next Jared's going to have to bring a topic to the... I am You're mere- going to have to lead an episode. I am merely a passenger. No. I did lead an episode. No, you helped me research an episode. Oh, yeah. You didn't actually... <laughs> That's different. You didn't deliver the episode. Oh, I feel like I could be the host with the most. I feel like you could, too. One of these days. Maybe we'll find, like, a really... I don't know, an anniversary or something. That'll okay. be something. Yeah. Um, okay, so do we want to jump into the dark day? I think I'm ready. Okay, let's hear it. I'm right. ready to see if I can do this. Let's dive in. I have high hopes. I feel good about this. So today is, if I'm not mistaken, September 8th. <laughs> so not mistaken. We are going all the way back to 1429. Ooh, OG old. status. So we're talking French heroine Joan of Arc. Mm. Mm. And I know we all know the anecdotal Joan of Arc references, but if you don't know that much about her, and I didn't. I don't. I don't know much about her at all. Brace to yourself to learn because apparently she we see her as this like valiant soldier, you know, someone who waged siege on the English on behalf of the French. But the truth is she started and was born into a peasant family. Hmm. And uh, this whole thing started because she was hearing voices in her head. Um, She was very pious and she believed she was acting under divine guidance. So that's sort of on September 8th, 1429, this all kind of came to a head because she attempted to oust the Duke of Burgundy and take Paris 
for the newly crowned King Charles VII. Damn. So that's what happened on September 8th at that time. Wait, do we know how old she was when she was doing this? So I'm going to give you a little background on Joan of Arc. So she didn't do this sort of out of nowhere. Right. You can't just insert yourself into the French army and hope to be accepted. Right. So here's what you have to know about her. So she was born in a small French village around sometime... 1412, they think. Okay. Okay. There weren't official records back then, so that's what we know. And uh, she was known to be a hard worker. She was pretty ordinary, other than the fact that she was known to be extremely pious, extra spiritual, dedicated to her faith. Right. So by 13, she was hearing voices. And she wasn't embarrassed about it. She drew a lot of attention. She claimed that they were the voices of St. Catherine, St. Margaret, and St. Michael. And these voices had a you know objective for her they were telling her to do things mainly to aid the dauphin charles in his fight against england and burgundy so mm. if you don't know what a dauphin is we're not talking the mammal it's not flipper it's the heir apparent to the french throne meaning charles's father was the king at the time and charles was slated to be the next king actually though this is actually super interesting and i learned it in my research his father had already been dead for almost 30 years. Okay. Um, but he could not be kinged the king of France for this reason. And it, it gets really interesting. So apparently the king of France needs to be crowned in Reims. So what's Reims? Reims was the traditional location where French kings were crowned. Mm-hmm. But Reims at this time, here's the problem, was in the possession of the English under oh. English rule. Ah. So this is where the problem is. Okay. Charles VII needs to be king to the king of France, but can't because the English is in charge oh, of the occupying sacred the territory crowning where... territory. Yep. Exactly. So nobody was king at the time. Correct. It was kind of holding everything up. Gotta get according, that land back. That is according annoying. to my research, there could be some okay historians. If you're like, no, technically, so and so was seen as the king. I'm no. going off the research. <laughs> I, I'm not like I haven't. I don't have a multifaceted it was education. A, it was a quick Google, people. Well, no, we, we an need true crime here. In depth okay. Google, but you know there could be some nuance here yeah. that I'm missing. But I need you guys to forgive me. So, yeah. anyways, Charles had not been able to hold a coronation ceremony even though his father had been dead for years. This is a conundrum. So Joan, angered and driven by these voices, she shows up. She's like, Charles, I'm going to help you. No one believes in this girl at first. She's a teenager, but somehow, through persistence, through perseverance, through belief in self, in 1429, she was granted an in-person meeting with the Dauphin Charles. Oh, boy. Which no one would ever thought would happen. Um, and honestly, this this... Would-be king was probably yeah. confused about this meeting as well. Right. But this woman had, this young woman had such conviction and belief in herself that he's like, fuck it. I'm losing against the English. What? Have at it. <laughs> have at it. What do I have to lose, frankly? Right. So nothing is the answer. And uh, Joan of Arc, this, this chick, she had gumption. She believes in herself. So he's like, fuck it. Go for it. And sent her along with troops to fight in the siege of Orleans. And the thing is about the Siege of Orleans, this was not an ongoing erupted battle. They had been at a long-standing stalemate, right? Like, we see this a lot where it's like, hey, no one's really winning. Everyone's right. at a hold. Right. Like, if you advance, right. you'll get killed. If you, if we advance on them, we'll get killed. Right. And it's sort of, we're all in a holding pattern. Stalemate. Right. 
But some people don't know what that is. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Stalemate, I mean, the only reason I know what a stalemate is through chess, right? That's a stalemate where it's like, we're fucked either way. The English had actually surrounded the city with fortresses. So Joan shows up with these troops and she follows sudden commands from her voices, right? And her voices sort of incite this battle between the English and French forces. And she rallies the French troops and she drives English out of fort after fort. She honestly like breaks this stalemate up and ends this siege and earns herself popularity throughout France as this miraculous maid of Orleans. Okay. So she really did like break up this yeah. stalemate, yeah. right? Yeah. She stirred shit up. I think probably if you were like a hardened soul English soldier and you saw a teenage girl on a horse, yeah. you'd be like the fuck, you know, for sure. I think this is a really good example about how men are terrified of women. I was just going to say, <laughs> we I can love do literally anything. We can build a human. Yeah. I love a woman to just bulldoze a scenario for me like this. My mom did it growing up. Jack does it sometimes. It's lovely. I mean, yeah, you just give us like a little, a, li- a little bit and we all fucking take over. Give your country. me, give me one nuclear weapon and see what I do <laughs> I, to the earth I world. I won't give you one. I would never hurt anyone. We, That's the thing. I would be a horrible political leader. You don't want a nuke. I'd be a horrible political leader. But anyway, so this happens and she develops this reputation of being this like badass sort of uh, figurehead in the French military. So uh, it doesn't really end there. She got more and more support and more and more backings. And she had another opportunity to defeat the English again, which she did at the Battle of Pate. So then Joan uh, was working with the Dauphin Charles to Reims, right? We know Charles VII. And she continues to fight for his interests. And after doing this, winning this battle at Pate, her luck kind of runs out. She gets one other win. Uh, But in May of 1430, so she gets, you know, a year, year and a half under her belt. She's holding off troops at the Battle of Compigne so the French townspeople could flee. But she was captured by John of Luxembourg. So that's not good. So she's in jail, right? But she doesn't just sit there. She tries to escape yeah. twice. And she almost Fuck. got out of there. Yes. She almost gets out of there. Bad bitch. She also leapt from a 60-foot tower. Oh that was God. one of her... Yeah, that was one of her escape attempts. So, as I said, she jumps out of this 60-foot tower. She's caught. And once she's caught again, she's facing some pretty serious charges. One of which is heresy. Mm. That's not good. And Jared, why don't you tell me what heresy is? Well, it's a bit of a rebellious uh, attitude when you go against the teachings or beliefs of the church. Mm. Usually it's a religious thing. It's almost like blasphemy. Eh, It's blasphemous. Very blasphemous. So, obviously, I'm not going to get into the minutia. Wait, she was also under suspicion of witchcraft. Right. See, that's the fun one. Yeah, you almost forgot the best part. Yeah. I wasn't done. Oh. I was going to get there. <laughs> it sounded like you ended your... No, no, no. Like, like, witchcraft. I was going to try to get into the religious wars that were happening mm. to try to explain the heresy, but I was going to say that it's just too much for this <laughs> this 40-minute it, it's you know, a lot. Podcast. We could keep going. This is, no, but. this is already the most robust dark day that we've ever had. <laughs> I think so, too, but... I'm not going to get into that. You can Google that for yourselves. Yep. Yeah. But heresy, I was just trying to give some context for the heresy, but the witchcraft is where it gets really interesting. So uh, at certain point, once she's obviously captured again, she was actually made to admit 
that she had made the voices in her head up. And apparently these voices, remember, they were from the saints I talked about earlier, right. were telling her what to do and telling her how to approach this this war. Right. Um, and she was made to say that she made them up. I don't know if that's under torture or duress or what, but right. eventually she recanted that. And she's like, no, these, these voices are real. Stand by your convictions. But it didn't matter um, because Joan of Arc was burned at the stake on May 30th, 14th. 1931. And I think it's very interesting that heresy and witchcraft and all this that stuff played a part. I mean, we see this mm-hmm. obviously in, you know, Salem when England breaks away yeah. from England proper and comes over to the US. Like yeah. we were burning people at the stake for a long time, but I, I don't know that I really realized that Joan of Arc was. I saw the uh, dramatized version of the movie. Right. But it, it's just crazy that someone, you know, there's a lot of fear of women with this much yeah. fervor. Oh, and yeah. like, of course you burned her at the stake. Cause look what she was. She was a teenager yeah. and she was fucking taking shit over. She was a teenager and she was winning battles that were had, that had stalemate. She was mixing shit up and she was scaring the shit yeah. out of the fucking clergyman. So I'm not surprised she was killed because you know, women are silenced that have this much power. Yeah. And, everybody was terrified and of she her. probably whooped a lot of unsuspecting ass in the process. No, you know? men and were- I think like, that's kind of like the, in my opinion, one of the craziest parts about the whole story is it's like you're saying nobody's expecting this to take place the way that it does. Can you imagine how emasculated all of these fucking men felt? It's like everybody was humiliated by this yes. fact. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. She was she was too much of a... And I guess if it's 1410, what are you going to do when you're humiliated by some... 1429. Or whatever. 31. You know, like, well, when she was killed. Point is, you're going to go burn somebody alive, probably, rather than just like, you know. Do you want to know the moral of the story? Is that like, listen, in hindsight, she was suffering from delusions. For sure. But it's that unwavering belief in oneself that gets shit done, whether it's delusional or completely cognizant. It's like it you have to believe in yourself. And the self-doubt is the biggest dream killer in the world. Like. She was literally able to in- achieve the unthinkable. No women, women had zero rights. Forget, <laughs> forget like anything you know about right. how oppressed we feel right now with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like she had none, no rights, none. And she was more powerful at a time than generals in the yeah. French army because she fucking believed in herself more than anything in the world. Yeah. Yes. I, I, it's inspiring. And I'm so sad she didn't live more decades to, to make more historical moments in history books. Honestly, like the best, best, best example of girl power. She was a girl. She wasn't even an adult. So yeah, girl power. Love it. All right. Well, when we come back, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? All right, welcome to On The Stand. Every week we bring a person, place, thing, idea, thought, whatever to the stand. We're talking if we love it, if we hate it. We have a healthy discussion. We vote on it. Bring it to Instagram. You vote on it. And that's how On The Stand works. After we go, we're going to bring a listener's submission of their On The Stand. What is pissing them off this week? So, Alexis, would you like to start? I would like to start. Go for it. Okay, so... I've told people about my daily routine if I'm working from home. I work from an office a lot, but um, my routine is like, hey, I'm going to watch Good Morning America. Yep. Then I'm going to watch Live with Kelly and Ryan. Yep. 
then I'm going to watch The View. Then I watch Tamron Hall. Then I watch Drew Barrymore. And you know what comes after Drew Barrymore's talk show? Hmm. Dr. Phil's talk <laughs> show. Dr. Phil. And I would like to set the scene right now. Alexis is sitting two feet away from me holding a book called Relationship Rescue by Dr. Phil. I'm going to take a picture of you so we can post it on Instagram. I am just such a big fan of the shape of his head. It's such a nice... It's cute. Isn't he perfect? He's got a nice shaped head. He does have a nice head to be bald. Yes. So I want to explain everybody um first of all i'm defend i'm i'm saying i love dr phil yeah and i want to i know you're probably made a crazy face hearing that to me like you're probably like uh like i can't believe alexis likes dr phil Mm -hmm. and i was once like you until (laughs) (laughs) i was one of you honestly um i love dr phil because i watched a lot of his shows and listen People be like, he exploits people. He does this. He does that. You know what he does? He pays for fucking rehab. He gets fucking the right people into homes. He, he gets people involved. He gets people help. He has the resources to do things that no one gets to do. Yeah. And these people have no other hope. And he gives really good advice. He does give really good advice. I think. He does. I think. What was it? I was listening to, and I know problematic, Sword and Skill a long time ago. And there was an episode, I think, of the the guy that thought he was a uni- unicorn. And he had, like, that crazy strength. I think he might have taken think a drug. He of, used a hammer. I know. He I, went and killed two random people in their garage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he had this, like, superhuman kind of, like, he was yeah. on PCP oh, kind of strength. centaur. Centaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I think he was on the Dr. Phil show. I can't remember what his advice was to this guy. But I remember listening, being like, oh, my God. Is he, he like literally speaks, you talk about hearing voices, like the words of God sometimes. He is a really smart man and he has, he has like no tolerance. Like he, he try people on his show try to manipulate him. Like people who are called out for sexually abusing their daughters, like they come on and it's like, he's so um, able to fucking call out like he'll be like you're a narcissist you're a sociopath it's like he does he does the things i'm thinking to yeah. this to these people it's kind of nice to have that like to that channel it through uh mr not phil mr that, dr not phil not only that he 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 does mr. blow phil. people's he he will <laughs> blow up like i'm sorry people don't want the truth he blows it he blows his family up but he gives everyone the help to rebuild Right. It's like, do you want to save this family? So is he providing resources? Yes. So he'll oh. send people to rehab. He gets people and into he's counseling. Paying for it. Yes. Oh. He'll he'll separate like a dysfunctional household, pay for it, let people all get counseling, bring them together. Like he's actually doing the work that like none of us can afford to do. Right. Um and you know, I just fucking like him. I like at the end of the She's show staring at him on the book cover. Uh, I like that at the end of the show. I can't stop. I just something about his face. At the end, he's young in this. At the end, he walks by. He grabs his wife's hand. His wife's hands. He's trying to instill this idea that he's like he's not perfect, and I'm sure his marriage isn't. But I think he gives people hope because he's also like, "Hey, you're fucked up, and I'm fucked up, and like, but like, you can have help." And I just think like this idea of perfection. He's not trying to perpetuate it. I think he's trying to normalize like dysfunction Mm -hmm. and only a certain degree is toxic, but none of us are perfect. Also, meanwhile, he kind of exudes like dad energy, which which I really, um, I don't know. I, I respect this about, about the man. And I I like how he kind of has these, uh, isms that he goes back to like, uh, 
Sometimes he'll be like, do you see stupid written across my forehead? Yes. And then he'll like just lay some dad truth on somebody. It's like totally. what my dad would say. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm listening. Y- yes, sir. What do you got? Yeah, T- totally. That being said, I need a caveat. You know, Oprah found him. He's a ah. prime time puppet. Yeah. Um, he's controlled by a network. It's just, there's also the obvious. He's a cog in the entertainment wheel. I love him. Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil, I want to work with you, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, though, anyone on that level is, like, not going to be perfect. So I don't want any of the messages being like, I don't, I know, I know. But for what he is and what he's paid He's actually doing good work. I'm going to stop by and I'm going to watch him give people advice, but I probably wouldn't go to a Dr. Phil for my advice. I mean, I wouldn't. I I don't even post any issues I have on any social media, so (laughs) I would never go on a show and talk about him. Well, it's because you have it all figured out, right? No. No, no. (laughs) But I'm saying I would love to be Dr. Phil. Like, that is... I love people like he he's someone who's good with people. He I've never seen someone leave a stage crying because of Dr. Phil. I'm sure it's happened. He's not perfect. Yeah. But when you're dealing with people in crisis, you can't be perfect. No, I love this it. Also is not a fucking ad for Dr. Phil. <laughs> but Dr. Phil, if you're listening, I live right down the street from your studio. <laughs> she wants to work with you. So uh, not guilty, right? I mean, I'll say not guilty. And you're welcome for your four minute spot. My God. Dr. Phil. <laughs> the love I just think he's trying to do right, but like he's also a commercially controlled person. Like yeah. I think everyone needs to take that into account when you see anyone on TV or anyone on a podcast for that matter. It's like you can try to do good work and do good work, but also not be perfect. Yeah. And have a million things to be called out. And a million, million, million dollars, which is And nice. a million, million, so. million right. dollars. Um, okay, I'm gonna say not guilty. Not first. guilty. Okay, I'm gonna flip the script and talk about something completely different. I love that. Today I am putting on the stand putting your phone on silent and i am defending putting your phone on silent at all times at all times at all times at all times you know we lived in the day with like nokia phones and even with the sidekick and everybody like loved a ringtone i made a different ringtone for every single person in my phone so i knew when they were calling you could like download mp3s from your computer and somehow upload them who to the didn't phone. want soldier boy as their ringtone or whatever the fuck that was i mean back i did a bunch the, of emo know, stuff. everybody had that shit but and then you could also do like custom text tones so mm, i'd know if jared yes. was texting me versus alexis we love we we lived for that when we were kids. Love personalization. Personalization. It was the best. Then we all got a little older and we all started texting a lot more. Like you're texting all the time. You're getting now you're getting your emails to your phone. You have group chats? Group chats. You have Instagram like 50 notifications. Where there's like dozens of texts happening at once. So Everybody, we're all taking in so much information all of the time in the form of communication. It's like our eyes are just rolled back in our heads and it's just downloading. Yeah, it's like downloading. So because of that, I think that everybody in this world should have their phone on silent. And by silent, I mean like it can vibrate. I just don't think I need to be hearing ringtones or text tones or anything from anybody because that's fucking crazy. But like if you're our upstairs neighbor and it's on your uh, wood floor and you have it on vibrate, turn that off. And then I think that Jared has a second bat phone because there's like texts coming from what sounds like our bedside table. But it's upstairs. That's not me. It literally sounds like it's coming from right next to us. Who would I be texting? That happened at my old place. Yeah. I was like, how? It sounded like it was next to my head. Yeah. I'm like, where is this coming from? So everybody except for you upstairs, neighbor. (sighs) God. I just think unless you're like an on-call 
cardiothoracic surgeon or like an oncologist. <laughs> oh, that's important. Like an EMT. Yeah, yeah important like, like, you know, if you're like got to cut into somebody at a moment's notice, like you yes. should have your phone on. Probably. You know? Um, if you oh, are like, if your wife is pregnant, yes. in like do any day, or husband is epilepsy, and you might need to like dip in right. and help. Like, right. I'm talking about the average, the average person, person that has no reason, yeah. to need to know every single thing that is coming through on their phone. Yeah, or if yeah. you're like a parent, like I, I totally get, like, of course that you need to like know when something's happening. But other than that, it's like. We're all just living, trying not to be annoyed by everybody around us. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. I'm saying guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Wait, what? I'm confused. Not guilty. Keeping your phone on okay. silent. Yeah, I knew that guilty. would be confusing. Not guilty. Lex? Not guilty. Okay, today my on the stand is um, anything that's not paper money. Mm, a coin, a loony, yes. a toonie, a, a loony, a toonie, a doubloon. What's a loony toonie? Oh, that's Canada yeah. money, Canada's right there. Canada's coin. It's like, and a a, it's like their dollar and two dollar. They I call think. a loony and a toonie. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? A yeah. loony and a toonie. I'm jealous. A doubloon, if you're from the pirate era. I know about a doubloon. Um, like a medallion, that. if you go back far enough. No, my my old time favorite. I've talked about this a lot. I want to throw a bag of coins just at, to pay for anything. Like, see, I'll take your ship, and it's like a. I'll take your. I'll take your uh, galleon. A and galleon, I th- and yeah. I throw a leather bag filled with gold coins in it, and it that a, that purchases the whole thing. That'd be a big bag of coins because a galleon that. is Very a big piratey. expensive yeah. ship. Yeah. Um, but. If I go back far enough, I used to roll. I remember sitting with my cousin and rolling quarters, and then we would take them to the bank, mm-hmm. and then they would give you like you know a note for it, and you you know. Or whatever. you'd go to Coinstar and drop or all you, of your oh, coins, coin, and they'd take like twenty percent or whatever that like robbery was. Mm-hmm. But um, I used to work as a cashier, and I, and this was like my late high school job, and people would come up, and sometimes they would pay with all coins. Sometimes it'd be what pennies. No. Was it best? I was at Best Buy. I <laughs> Jack say, just goes, no. I'll drop you're the not, yeah, You're not buying cheap things at Best Buy. No, you're buying like a $15, $20 item and you've got like six, seven dollars and quarters and then the rest is like smaller. No, that's insane. And so that used to, I mean, obviously that's a whole ordeal and then you're counting it and whatever. It's like, you know, you could go to a bank and get that stuff changed out. So coins to me, it's an ancient it's an ancient thing, and it just makes you heavier. It sits in your pockets. They're dirty. It rattles around well, in your washer you guys, machine. You guys forget, though, the purpose of coins is that it's worth it's it's worth its weight. You know, mm. like it's it's metal that's actually worth something, right? Yeah. Like all of our other money is hypothetical, this and is it's true. based on a system where money isn't. Real. It's like it's like hey, a copper penny is worth its weight in copper, right? You know, and it's sort of like a tangible thing yeah. you can trade, and that was the purpose of of coin money. But I think they abandoned that when we went to dollar money. You know, like yeah. as soon as dollars came in the picture, that whole system disappeared. And then as soon as they're like, well, now we can create fake money and just keep printing more fake money, then we don't need any of that. But that might be a reason that we need to hold on to some of these coins when the federal reserve and all up of failing. my money is digital you gotta, i don't have a single no. like gold I think bar I have five do you gotta pull out some gold bar you gotta pull out some gold bars you gotta bury them at the on the family property <laughs> that's what you gotta do then you, but like is gold worth anything in an apocalypse because it's not useful that's just a very it's a precious metal but you can't like build a bridge with it it's no you soft. gotta go back to bartering at that point so it's like but what like, do you have to barter gold you is oxen? useless gold is useless yes. i need i need something strong i need like bars of steel bars of steel is or like, nice or like or honestly 
<laughs> livestock. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you're going to need some weapons, like, to be honest. Maybe some machine guns. Honestly, like, the three of us, we got to get a farm. Like, if we that's get to a what's point, up. If we go to, get to a point where precious metals are now, like, Useli- in, Obsolete? No. Or, or obsolete. We're all in deep shit. I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. Yeah. We're on the, we're on the decline no. of the world. It's oh. We don't, things we don't going want to precious shit. metals. We want utility metals i want aluminum i want okay. i want fucking malleable useful oh mm. you want the you want a, I want your practical like, metal yeah you want to create there's an apocalypse you think i need ornate gold jewelry you like might. no depends on if you climb to the top and like you're like the <laughs> queen of everybody then you want to have all that jewelry right guess, it's a status symbol i, I mean, guess don't sell you yourself short while you're dying there you go yeah there won't be any cameras this really again <laughs> i just meant like it's a nuisance in your pocket like <laughs> okay we're gonna go with uh I'm going not f- guilty. I'm going for guilty. I'm going with not, guilty. I'm going with not guilty. They're like, carrying so much disease worth, in this day and it's age. It's worth its weight in nickel. Mm. Which is that's not, why it's called which is, a nickel, which is not much. Which is not guilty. Mis- mistrial. No way. Two on one. Guilty. Guilty. I think that's a mistrial, but okay. Oh. It has to be anonymous. You would know. Anonymous. I wouldn't know. Uh, now for our listener submission on the stand. Here we go. Hi, Alexis, Jack, and Jer. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Today, I am putting on the stand condiments such as mayonnaise on pre-made sandwiches that are ordered for a group setting. As someone who despises mayonnaise, I know that's a controversial topic, but not what I'm putting on the stand. But as someone who does not like mayonnaise, whenever I go to a business meeting or something like that and they get lunch catered in and it's sandwiches, I always cringe because I just know there's going to be mayonnaise or mustard or some other random condiment on the pre-made sandwich that just is not okay with me. Now, I don't see what's wrong with putting that condiment on the side so those who do want it can add it later, but for those of us who don't want it, just don't have to put it on there. So that's what I'm putting on the stand, and thanks so much for all you all do. Love you. Bye. So there's a couple there's a couple ways you can look at this here, and one of them happened yesterday. So I was me and Jack yep. had different flights coming home. She got in before I did yesterday, and she wanted to go get a Jersey Mike's because it's her favorite meal in the world. Jersey Mike's. Does anybody that work for Jersey Mike's corporate listen to this podcast? Come on, I'm, I'm your biggest sandwich. fan. We need yeah. you. We need you, Mike. And <laughs> I, I guess never mind. We get it out later. He's in Jersey. No, apparently Jersey Mike. Apparently Jersey the, Mike is a his name is like Pete or something. Yeah, the guy who started Jersey Mike's, his name is Peter. Hello, Peter. Hey, Peter. Uh, we love your stuff. Anyways, Jack got home before I did yesterday, and so she went to get Jersey Mike. She's like, well, you're going to be late, late, so do you want me to grab you a sandwich? I said, yes. Don't put any wet stuff on it. Because if it's going in the fridge, and I'm going to be eating it later, and if you're buying a sandwich for a party or a group of people, they're going to be eating it later. So yeah. I think any condiments should, by default, happen on the side, unless the sandwich is going to be consumed immediately. If yeah. it's for a group, absolutely, absolutely yeah. put it on the side. I, this, how is this not a standard thing that we do? The bread gets wet, soggy. Yeah. It's not a good situation. <sighs> people, I, do people get picky with their condiments, man? I will never get over people who don't like mayonnaise. And I know there's a lot of them. The majority of Jared's band doesn't like mayonnaise, no, yeah. which is so crazy. To I like right. it. I don't like a lot. I want to not notice it. I, I want like it. I, I, want my, I want my sandwich a little moist. But I don't want to taste the mayonnaise. I oh, want it to just be a backdrop. I like. I want um, that to be like dripping out of my sandwich. A mayo Ew. and a yellow mustard, and they kind of like mix together. It's a great 
It's a great sandwich great pairing. Dip. Yeah, I yeah. see that. Um, I get it. I get it. No, but I agree. I think, well, this is how I feel about cilantro. You know, I'm like, why can't you just throw it on the side? Because then everybody else can put it in there. Well, because it's kind of like a garnish, you know? Yeah, but that even more reason to put it on the side. Yeah. But I get it. I agree with you. I'm going to say not guilty for this because I th- not even for you, to be honest, but just for the group setting. And it's going to make all the sandwiches yucky. I agree. Guilty. Wait, not guilty. Wait. Stuff on the side, not guilty. Stuff on the side, not guilty. Not guilty. Mayo on a group order, guilty. Guilty. Yes. All right. We're going to take you back. I'm sorry. Jack gave me the reins. We're honestly, I'm loving this on the stand shit, A, adding people to it. Two, B, we're going on to uh, the True Crime Rewind. Yes. Off we go. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally. First with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree 50 and use code degree 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Stodd, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. 
Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. True crime. Yeah, it's rewind time. Welcome, friends, to True Crime Rewinds. And I bet you're wondering what we're going to talk about. Well, I know we didn't really uh, tease it in the beginning of the episode. We didn't tease it, but it's going to be a uh, offshoot from what we discussed with Joan of Arc because there was some stuff going on there. I mean, she was hearing voices. Okay, and we see this in sort of historical depictions and it's sort of romanticized as this as this like relationship with God that they have happens had. in the Bible all the time. Sure, exactly. Um, but the thing is, is, is in modern times, a lot of people who've studied Joan of Arc and uh, what sh- her behaviors, people have theorized that she was suffering from disorders ranging from epilepsy to schizophrenia. Okay, so that's kind of what we're, we're going to be discussing because we see this in true crime a lot. People yeah. hear voices, people commit crimes. Right. Um, based on things they're hearing or being told to do. And apparently around the age of 12 or 13, Joan of Arc apparently started hearing these voices and experiencing visions. And she took these to mean that they were signs from God. So this trial that she had where she was ultimately convicted of heresy Heresy. 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 and witchcraft, she testified in her own behalf And she said that angels and saints first told her merely to attend church and to live piously. But these demands from these voices kept escalating. Later, they began instructing her to deliver France from the invading English. So, you know, she was hearing this stuff. And she asserted that often these these voices and these visions were accompanied by a bright light. And... uh, these voices were as distinct as the way bells sounded. You know, wow. they were sharp. A ringing. Were, a ringing. Ugh. They were pervasive. It's kind of scary. It's kind of spooky. Well, it's mental illness. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, and uh, mental illness, it's, it's super interesting, actually. There are various studies that talk about people who have schizophrenia and the different messages they're told. Like, for example, in India, they hear voices. This mm-hmm. Uh, people who suffer from these disorders, but like they tell them to clean their house better. And depending oh, on what part of the world you live in and, and what in the messages you're based sent on your culture and the pop culture you consume, yeah. some are violent and some are spiritual and some are, you know, they Isn't vary. That so fascinating. Well, and it's, it's like, yeah. yeah, maybe you can think about that with like a clairvoyant or something. Well, like that. they're messages like, from your subconscious, right? Yeah. So we can't control these subconscious messages. I was just thinking about dreams and how sometimes receiving. things totally. that you're experiencing are affecting your subconscious in that way. And that they just kind of like, surface you know yeah but it's relative to you it's somewhat you know so culture definitely that makes sense totally so beyond any conditions uh psychiatric conditions people have also theorized that she suffered from possibly neurological conditions too and that anything could be a be triggering these hallucinations and delusions for her um she may have been suffering from migraines bipolar disorder brain lesions to name a few and also there were diseases back then that we may have had vaccines for now that had implications we don't know. But obviously, you know, we don't really know what was going on, but we know that she was taking bold actions and her belief and her, her conviction was what made her successful. So it's this very odd um, thing we have to grapple with when we look back on what she did. But there's also um, one other theory with Joan of Arc and that's that perhaps she had contracted bovine tuberculosis 
Oh. Which can cause seizures and dementia. And um, this actually comes from drinking unpasteurized milk and tending cattle as a young girl, which she, in fact, did. Wow. Whoa. That is, that's really fucking So some sort of, like, not mad cow, but, like, you know. You know, I think more and more we're going to see... Uh, diseases transmitted from animals and i think this yeah. could have been an early one we we had no vaccinations or immunizations or you know really separation from any of the animals in the world yeah all right well um i don't even think joan of arc did anything bad i can't even have a reference to be like you know she's perfect she's perfect what a hero uh so we're just gonna hear about the worst things that you people have ever done when we come back you can't all be joan of arcs you can't Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Okay, so I'm really hoping this is the right thing, but this is the worst thing I've ever done, which happened this morning, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm not telling my boyfriend that I did this um, for obvious reasons. But I was making us breakfast this morning, and I normally make us oatmeal, and I had microwaved the oatmeal and put it into, and it was, like, in the bowl and everything, and I had picked it up, and the bowl was, like, hotter than normal, but, like, I didn't think anything of it, and I was carrying it over to the table, and I was also very tired and proceeded to set the bowl down on the end of the table, and it proceeded to roll off the table onto the chair and then spill all over the floor, which is carpeting in his apartment. And he was in the shower. So I very quickly cleaned all of it up and didn't want to tell him about it. Didn't want him to panic or worry or say anything. So I cleaned it up very quickly, threw all the paper towel into the trash, switched out the towel that I also used to clean it up and proceeded to get the trash ready to take out and then wash the bowl super quickly. And, yeah, so that's the worst thing I've ever done, which, like, isn't bad. It's just spilling oatmeal onto carpeting. But I was very nervous the whole time he was in the shower after it happened. Other than that, the worst thing I've ever done is sneak out of my AP Chem, AP chem class to go buy pie for our class. So I had a very sheltered upbringing, but I figured this was, the worst thing I've ever done. So big fan, but thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, so everybody, I want to remind you of um, where to call. Oh yeah. For the worst thing you've ever done because yes. I love you girl, but you are a good person. You have no business calling here. <laughs> no. Like I spilled shit. My nickname is splash zone. That's what my splash boyfriend calls zone. me splash zone. Cause I spill literally constantly like this isn't a mistake. So everyone, I need you to call in your misdeeds <laughs> right away. Uh, 323-539-3516. 323-539-3516. You're so cute that you're burdened 
emotionally by spilling oatmeal and sneaking out of your class to buy to pie, buy pie for, your for everybody. I thought she was gonna. I thought she was gonna say pot, and I was like, "We've got still, a Mother Teresa not, over here. This is not enough." Yeah, we've got a Mother Teresa, and good for you. You're a good person, and I'm really glad you called because it can tell you love us, and we love yeah, you too. Yeah, you're a little sweetie pie. But again, I want to give the number for the firsty worsties who've done <laughs> naughty things: three two three five three nine three five one six. We want you to fill that inbox totally fill full that of inbox, just a, you naughty kids. just the craziest shit ever. Just don't even bother. Yeah, if confess. It's not confess to some crazy stuff for us. And now there's only one thing left to do, Alexis. What is it? Well, in lieu of a stanza, I've uh, left it to the experts, the writers of Seinfeld. Yes. And we bid you farewell with their words. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home.